Back again. He steps up. He's hit. He stumbles. He is throwing it deep for the end zone. Giroux holding. Gets around in front. why Philly fans are disgruntled? You wanna know why we feel like this all the time? It's because stuff like this, out with the old and in with the new. <laughs> Goodbye Gabe Kapler, hello Joe Girardi. Doesn't matter how you can hit, not how you can get hit and keep moving forward. On paper at the beginning of the season, we had the best starting lineup in the Eastern Conference. I think it just goes to show that uh, it's not always sunny in Philadelphia. This is Broad Street Bros. Sports, movies, entertainment, and more. Welcome back to Broad Street Bros. The Broad Street Bros. Podcast on Spotify. My name is Jack McCune, and I am joined alongside Ben Simmons. No, I wish I was, honestly. I wish I could ask him a lot of questions. Now, I'm actually joined alongside Andrew Field, as always. Fieldy, we have so much to talk about. And I mean, I really wish I could talk to Ben Simmons right now. I really wish I could get into his mind. Um, and Ben Simmons has been the big topic around not just Philly sports, but all of sports the past few days, really. And, of course, when we talk about Ben Simmons, we're talking about the Sixers, who lost to the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference semifinals in seven games i was lucky enough to go to game seven and be a part of the the crazy crowd at the wells fargo center it was a ton of fun to finally be back at a sixers game the first sixers game i've been to this season and the first um or my second playoff game that i've ever been to for the sixers um but of course we all know they lost to the hawks I do not have the score up, but they, everyone knows they lost. I, I really don't think I need to talk about the score of the game. We have a lot more stuff to dive into, honestly. So, I mean, Fieldy, what were your thoughts on this series? Um, I think game five, obviously, is not something that, you know, us as Philly sports fans are proud of, but it's, it's something that is going to stick in our minds for a long time. And I think that was the turning point of the series, but – um, what are your thoughts on the series? And I mean, were the Hawks an actual better team than the Sixers? I, I just, I'm really interested to see your opinion. Yeah. Well, first of all, hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Sad Boy Hour. Uh, we're uh, in our bag, uh, me especially, um, even though Jack went to the game, which was, as you mentioned, crazy and uh, happy that you got to go to game seven. I went to game one of this series. Um, and I think the last time that we did a podcast uh, was actually when the Sixers and the Wizards were closing out the first round series. I believe that was before game five when the Sixers closed it out. So this is kind of a different, um, much, much different really podcast here. And I am so sad and I am so dejected because this series really was the Sixers to lose and they lost it. They literally beat themselves. The Sixers beat themselves in this series. The Hawks were not the better team. And I think everyone knows that. And that's what just, that's what just makes me so upset, Jack. Like this is, this was the promise. This was the process. This was everything that was hyped up. 
And, you know, I got emotional last night because this is everything that was kind of culminating into a playoff run. You know, you see the Nets in the Bucs series and you see the Bucs beat the Nets. And I'm not saying that the Sixers would have beat the Bucs. I'm not saying that in any stretch of the means, but they would have had a puncher's chance. I think it could have went to seven, could have went to, who knows, not going to play that game, but you look at the Sixers series and you look at, you mentioned it, Jack game five, one of, if not the most biggest choke jobs in Philly sports history. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. That was the series right there. I was talking to my brother tonight at dinner with the family and he said it, he said after they lost that game, that was it. And I agree with him. And I think a lot of people kind of had that same feeling. Somehow they pulled game six out of their butt and were able to come back and win that game after not playing well. And that's another indication, Jack, in my opinion, I believe that game five was the turning point in the series, obviously for the choke, but the Hawks gained all the momentum back. Even when the Sixers had it, they were just not able to hold it when they won game two after losing game one. And you think, okay, they're, they're back in it. They're fine. Game, game three, uh, they win. And then game four, they choke. And game four was, you know, big because that was in, oh no, wait. Yeah. Yeah. It was game four. Okay. So yeah, game four is the one they choked in Atlanta where they led by 18 in the first half and then they blew the second half and then game five, they choked. So, and then that was even worse. So I think that was a turning point for the Sixers and even, and especially actually after game five, they did not play good basketball. Game six was really just a scrappy game and it wasn't pretty. And then game seven, the whole way, the Hawks just hung with the Sixers. They hung with the Sixers. Kevin Herter makes a jump shot here. Kevin Herter makes a three here. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I hate Kevin Herter. How is he in the NBA? He's actually not bad, but somehow he's cooking the Sixers in game seven of a must win. One of the biggest games in 20 years. And you got, you got beat by Kevin Herter, not even Trey young, not John Collins, not Clint Capella. You got beat by Kevin Herter. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I know we're going to get into uh, our, our friend Ben Simmons here, which is the hot button topic of Philly sports. But I think overall, Jack, you asked the question, were the Hawks the better team in the series, if I'm correct, if my memory serves me correct. And I said the Sixers really lost the series. The Hawks were not the better team. They were certainly not the better team. I really think, in all honesty, that the Sixers got outplayed in maybe two or three quarters majorly. The first half, or not quarters, excuse me, halves. The first half in game one, they got destroyed. And I was like dejected. And I was like, this is, if this is how the series is going to go, they're going to lose. And look what happened. And then in game four, the second half, when the Hawks came back, that was really where I thought the Hawks were dominant. Other than that, game two, the Sixers controlled the majority of the way, and then Shake Milton had to save them. Game three, they dominated. Game four, like I mentioned, was the comeback for the Hawks. Game five, they dominated the whole way. The Sixers dominated for like 75% of the game. And then, of course, they collapse like fools. So, and then game six, it was just kind of like even, kind of scrappy. Just not a fun game to watch, honestly. It was really of course, nerve wracking, but just dirty and sloppy. And then game seven was tight. So honestly, Jack, the Sixers beat themselves. The Hawks are certainly not the better team. We know this, but honestly, it's just, it's just disappointing. It's a dejecting feeling even the day after. And this will go down to me as one of the worst series in Philly sports history. And this is the worst I felt watching a playoff series in a long, long time, if not ever. 
Yeah, I, I just – you mentioned it going back to game three when they dominated. I just don't understand why they couldn't replicate that because in every other game, they just – they were just better in all fronts in game three. Their defensive game plan was fantastic, and they just – they ran a lot of good plays on offense. And in every other game in this series, yeah, they just shot themselves in the foot time after time, possession after possession, especially in game one. I mean, so many turnovers in the first half. And then they almost came back and won. I mean, that game could have easily gone the Sixers way. And then obviously game five, just a complete and utter collapse. Whether that's, I mean, I think it's a lot of coaching, but it's also just the fact that the players just didn't seem to, you know, give their 100%, give it their all in the second half. Seth Curry and Embiid were the only guys that really did anything. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. I don't think the Hawks were the better team. Um, I think, you know, the Bucks shot themselves a foot in a, a lot of times against the Nets, but the Bucks actually pulled it off in their series. So I, I don't think the Eastern Conference Finals are going to be close. I think the Bucks are going to win in four or five. The Bucks are a much better team, even, even without um, Dante DiVincenzo. So I don't think that game is going to be – or that series is going to be too competitive. I think Giannis is going to make his first appearance in the finals. But, yeah, back, going back to game seven, Hawks won 103-96. Kevin Herter with a playoff career high, 27 points. Unbelievable. Young, yeah, just, Unbelievable. just crazy. And How do you let people, that happen? What's that, Fieldy? How do you let that happen? I mean, I know you're going to touch on Trey Young, but, listen, Kevin Herter is a – Decent NBA player. I saw him play at Maryland um, where he was okay. You know, nothing, in my opinion, too special. He's got length. He's got decent size, especially the one thing that I did want to point out was the reason why he had success, even though this player was guarding him for the majority of the series, Seth Curry. It was a mismatch. And I was kind of confused as why they didn't switch off and have someone else guard him or at least try something different. And we'll get into Doc's – coaching woes, shall we say, but I just wanted to point that out that Seth Curry was guarding him and he just got torched. A lot of people, I mean, we're talking about two or three years ago that Trey Young and Kevin Herter, watch out. They could be the next Seth Curry and Clay Thompson. And I, I kind of saw that and I, I understood the comparisons, but I, I did not think it would be this early. And it's just, it's just embarrassing because yeah, I mean, the fact that the, Hawks just the entire series I think I I might have talked about it on the last podcast honestly but I've just been talking I've made this point repeatedly that the Hawks are just very frustrating to watch in my opinion because it's basically when Trey is on the floor Trey just does whatever he wants to do and if he can score it he can score if he can if he's double teamed or something like that he just kicks it out and one of their shooters shoots and if Cook Capella is in the game he just feeds it to Capella they're just very frustrating because they don't need to run a ton of plays and it's just the complete opposite of the the Sixers mindset with Ben Simmons who is much more of like a a true point guard uh, well I, I mean I, I don't know if I should say that but we're going to get into Ben I think um want to hit on a few other things first I, one question I really want to ask you how disappointing was this this loss in terms of all-time Philly sports disappointments? Because I think this was the year for the Sixers. This was their opportunity. And, I mean, I th- what, what comes to mind for me is, in my lifetime, the 2011 Phillies, I think they had either the best record in the National League or maybe the best record in all of baseball. And they lost in the first round to the St. Louis Cardinals. 
And then I also take a look at the Donovan McNabb Super Bowl when they when the Eagles lost to the Patriots by three points. But Philly, in terms of all-time Philly sports disappointments, where does this rank for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And I kind of talked about it in our first segment. But to me, personally, just the way this series worked out and the way that things kind of went, I would go right now just as a gut feeling and I may need more time to reflect on this. This is probably the most disappointing in my lifetime. You mentioned the 2011 Phillies, which that was terrible. That was horrible. But that being said, the Phillies did win a World Series in 2008. And everyone was kind of, of course, happy that that happened a couple of years before. But that 2011 team was loaded. They were stacked. I mean, they had a clear path to win the World Series. And of course, we all know what happened there. The Cardinals went on to beat the Texas Rangers in the World Series and the Rangers weren't really that good. So the Phillies easily could have caked walked to another world series. They had doc that cliff Lee, they had, you know, all their guys, Ryan, chase, Jimmy, all those guys. So I could talk Phillies all day long, but that's disappointing. The other game that's being floated out there that I wasn't as big of a, you know, awareness on, I, I remember it, the Eagles bucks playoff game choke by the Eagles. Um, and then of course you mentioned the 2004 super bowl, this to me is number one right now, just out of um, just out of like, just off the cuff raw reaction. I just think that this is unbelievable. And, you know, a lot of people were joking after game one, when I went with some of my friends, just people in, you know, leaving the Wells Fargo center, everyone was encouraged with what they saw, but also everyone was like, okay, well, we could, we could actually lose to the Hawks. Like this could actually happen. And they were kind of joking, like <laughs> we could lose to Trey young and then it happens. So, and I think that the collapse in game five is like I said earlier in the beginning, the worst choke job in Philly sports. So um, yeah. So number one for me, definitely. Yeah. I, I, it's tough for me. I would probably say the 2011 Philly is just because they were, undeniably like the best team in baseball and they yeah, you mentioned it. i mean texas rangers they wouldn't have been that much of a threat so yeah the phillies had to get past some good nl teams but um yeah i think it, they they should have won the world series that year definitely so I'll, I'll go to the 2011 phillies but this is definitely up there and definitely for my lifetime um one of the bigger disappointments in all of philly sports so i mean I think we've talked about him enough already. Let's just get into Ben Simmons. Scored five points last night, had an easy dunk opportunity in the fourth quarter, and he, he, there was no one near him at all. And instead, he decided to dish it out to Matisse Thibel, who actually tried to go to the bucket, but instead he was fouled and made one at the free throw line. But five points did have, pulling up the stats here, 13 assists, eight rebounds. And in the first half, I mean, he was running some really good plays, had some good passes, was you know, being Ben Simmons. But all, all Ben Simmons has proven time and time again, especially in the playoffs, is that he, he cannot score at, at all. And it's just so funny to me that Ben Simmons, he's, his one weakness is the number one most fundamental thing in basketball. To win a basketball game, you need to – shoot the ball and make the ball and make your shots. And that's the one thing that Ben Simmons cannot do. 
worst free throw shooting percentage in NBA history at 31%. That's worse than Shaq. That is worse than, uh, like I think it was, that's worse than Will Chamberlain, who was never a good free throw shooter. It's just, I'm personally done with Ben Fieldy. And this is a guy that used to be my favorite player. And I would support him through thick and thin. And I was fed up with the national media regarding him as this incredibly overrated player that, you know, can't do anything just because he can't shoot. But now Fieldy, I mean, I I, kind of see what they're saying because he was supposed to be a, a, another all-star. Well, he is an all-star, but he was supposed to be another superstar next to Joel Embiid. And I, I mean, when the Sixers drafted him, he was supposed to be better than Embiid. He was supposed to be the, the face of the franchise, the future, the future of the Sixers, the end to the process era. And sure. Is he an all-star? Yeah. But he is not fulfilling the expectations that everyone thought he would have. And he's really an offensive liability at this point. And his trade trade stock is going down tremendously, I think now. And a really interesting thing I saw today, Brian Windhorst of ESPN reporting that he might switch his shooting hand finally. But I feel like there's always rumors like that revolving Ben during the off season, like, Oh, he's shooting a lot more threes now. And no, oh, I might switch his shooting hands. Like, I, I don't know if I buy it. Philly, it's, it's a shame because Ben has just completely changed my opinion of him has completely changed on me um went from one of my favorite players to now just a guy that i really can't stand i, I can't stand his personality he has no leadership skills at all he, he doesn't seem to get along with really any of his teammates he's just the complete opposite of joel and b who just loves the fans loves a lot of his teammates i think just is always into it and just works his butt off no matter what Ben's just the complete opposite. All he cares about is the Kardashians and Call of Duty. Fieldy, what are your thoughts on Ben Simmons and just the just the uniqueness that he is? I mean, there's a lot to unpack with what you just said, what I'm thinking right now. It's a lot to touch on. So I'm going to try and have, you know, as quick of a, summary as i can first thing i want to mention is last night's game and the actually what he didn't do was be aggressive ben which is what everyone's been imploring him to do and we've seen him be aggressive and it be successful i don't care if you if you shoot 10 times and miss 10 times shoot the damn ball i don't know if i'm allowed to curse but I don't care. Shoot the damn ball. Like go up with the ball. You are what? Is he 6'10? 6'10? 6'10. Trey Young is right under the hoop. You are much bigger than Trey Young. Go up with the ball. I mean, it's that simple. That was the game right there. That moment was the game. Then, of course, Matisse makes one of two. Huge swing. There was a couple other swing plays. Dwight's flagrant foul was a huge swing. Also, Matisse's foul on Kevin Herter shooting the three was huge. So those were the three big moments, I think, in the second half. But the Ben moment obviously sticks out because everyone's been talking about him. The noise has been loud. And I think that the, the criticism is correct. And it's on point. 
you know, we heard the noise and everyone, like you said, was rallying around him, supporting him. He's gotten so many chances with this fan base and this fan base is not lenient, not lenient at all. And they were pretty lenient with this guy. Seriously. I mean, people on the outside looking in may be like, Oh, Philly just trashes on Ben Simmons. That is not the case. Want to shout out our good friend of the show, Trenton Armstrong, you, me and him always, and other people, of course, refer to him as the penitentiary. You know, we, we have these sayings and we rally around him. We love his defense, but it's got to be more Jack. It has to be more. If he's a quote unquote superstar, it's got to be more than that. And it, it's, it's tiring. It's tiring. We're done with it. And I just feel like in my heart of hearts, he's going to go to another team and figure out how to shoot and it's going to kill all of us. So that's what I think honestly is going to happen. It may not be this year. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the off season, but I think that his, you mentioned it, his attitude, his demeanor is so off-putting. It's just annoying. He's like, of course, I got to be better in every like aspect of my game. Like, no, duh, dude. Like, why would you? It's so frustrating to listen to him talk because he knows what he has to do. He knows. It's Listen, it's not simple, but at least put the effort in. At least don't wait to the playoffs to put in free throw shots work. You know, that's what we see. No, I'm not going to say that he doesn't put in, you know, work, but obviously it's not enough. It's definitely not enough because he can't shoot. So I don't know what he's doing. It's definitely mental as well. Part of the reason, um, like you mentioned, he could be shooting with the wrong hand, which is ridiculous in its own right. So, I mean, there's so much to unpack. I mean, I, I saw something today where I think it was in his, presser or doc like talked about it where i think he's skipping working out or playing with uh, team australia in the olympics and instead is going to work on his game i mean i would hope so like come on dude like seriously i mean it's it's ridiculous it's serious it's so mind-bogglingly dumb that he cannot score the basketball more than he does and that's not to say that we do not appreciate the other facets of his game. He has a great basketball IQ. He's great defensively. He makes great passes. He rebounds. He does so many things well, which is why this is beautifully frustrating. It's beautifully frustrating because he is a good player. He is, but he's not a superstar. And I don't think he ever will be until he has an offensive game, until he has a jump shot, because there are players that back 50 feet away from him when he has the ball because they know he's not going to shoot. That changes up their defense so, like tactically so that way they can back up because they know Ben Simmons is going to drive the lane, let alone shoot it. So, you know, even aggressive Ben could drive the lane and that would cause for the defense to kind of push in and then you'd have maybe a wide open corner three for Seth Curry. You know, it would help. It would help so much. And watching him last night was pathetic. It was a pathetic pathetic series for him and he knows it so he has two options he really does either work your ass off in the offseason and come back a totally different player because this series could define Ben Simmons career Jack I really believe that because this is a low of low for Ben Simmons and he could come back and he could revitalize his career and really be the quote-unquote superstar that he thinks he is 
and that he believes in himself that he's so cocky or they could trade him. They could get rid of him and he could do the same thing on another team, which God help the other team in that aspect of the game. So that's what I think. Um, But I do think that if they do trade him another team, he miraculously figures it out. I, I want him to figure it out for the Sixers. Like I like him, but you know, there's so many decisions to be made by Daryl Morey. I do not envy him at all. This would have all been easier if the Sixers would have just won last night. People would have been still talking about it, of course, but not as much as we are now. So, of course, this is what we're talking about, and I hate it. And uh, this could be the end of Ben Simmons, and I am sad. But honestly, if he's not willing to put the work in, which is what Philly is known for, you know what this city is about. Philly loves a guy that gives it their all. Chase Utley, Joel Embiid, your teammate. Um, who else? Um, Jimmy Butler when he was on the team. James Butler the third. No. Um, yeah, well, yeah, he was a hard worker. Uh, but it's, he's not the third. Anyway, I don't know why I said that. Either the, Regardless, the point is that Philly loves a hard worker. And it seems like Ben Simmons thinks that he is the, the man – and he's too cool to work. You see those videos of him shooting jumpers and threes in the offseason. Everyone was like crying their eyes out like, oh, my God, this is finally going to happen. Uh, how much do you want to bet, Jack? That was like the one three he made or one three he took that whole like play, like that summer like shootout. So and it's crazy because we've seen videos of him in the summer league of 2016, 2017, like making jump shots and shooting. I don't know if you saw that video on Twitter where they resurfaced the old like game tapes of the summer league and he was making jump shots. Like he was shooting jump shots. What has happened? It's, I think it's all mainly mental and he's a mental midget. He is a mental midget and he cannot handle the moment. He seriously can't. I mean, it's unbelievable. So either they get him off the team or he turns around and revitalizes his career. He's at a he's at a turning point or a, cr- a crossroads in his career, and that's where I think he is. A mental midget. What a nickname. That would just be <laughs> – I can just imagine, like, uh, Mike Breen, like, the mental midget, bang. But um, I, don't, I really don't think Ben is ever going to figure it out. This is his – Fourth, fourth, yeah, fourth season in the NBA. I guess technically his fifth because he was drafted in 2016. He, I, I'm completely done with him. He's never going to figure it out. I don't think he's going to figure it out on the Sixers or anywhere else that he's traded to. And this is my difference with a guy like Ben and Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is a, an incredibly talented player, and he has shown that he can exceed. And I just don't think the Eagles were the right fit for him. And I think he's going to do well with the Colts and I wish him all the best. I don't think Ben Ben is ever going to figure it out no matter where he goes, because he doesn't have the mindset. He doesn't have the attitude. You talked about it, Fieldy. He, I just don't think he cares. And it's a shame because he is wasting a hall of fame career. I mean, this guy came into the league and people were comparing him to LeBron and Magic Johnson. And the comparisons were, they made sense. You look at his high school and even college tapes. I mean, he relied a lot on his athleticism, but you took, you, you look at the skills he already had. They would tra- easily translate to the NBA and he should have, you know, increased his game, but he never has, and I don't think he ever will, no matter what team he's on, because he doesn't have the mindset. He, he has no, he has no personality. He has, it doesn't seem like he has any drive to get better 
at all. Get better at the things that he's not good at right now. And the fact that he had the audacity in the, I forget which press conference it was, but he told the one reporter that I am who I am. Like I'm, I'm a superstar or whatever. It's like, come on, dude, no superstar. I'm sorry. No superstar uh, shoots 31% from the uh, charity stripe and scores five points in game seven. Also, like, also no superstar calls himself a superstar. Like how vain do you have to be, bro? Like, seriously? Yeah. I'm a superstar. Like be humble. You, you literally had the worst series of your life and you're literally thinking that you still are on top of the world. Like he needs to be knocked down a peg seriously. And I think part of the reason, part of the problem is doc rivers. We haven't talked about that. And I do want to get into that because he's part of the problem. He really is like he enables Ben's behavior. Like when a, whenever reporters ask, and we are journalists, we, I'm a former journalism grad major. When journalism, when, when journalists ask him those questions, they're fair questions. And he just shoves them off arrogantly, snidely. I'm talking about doc rivers now, arrogantly, snidely. He's like, we don't need like Ben is Ben. Like, no, like you, he needs to change. Like I'm tired of this pushback from the Sixers. He needs to change or else he's done. He's probably already done. But if there's a slimmer of hope, because I try, I'm trying to be optimistic, he has to like completely revitalize his game offensively. Everything else is fine. We, we like the other parts of his game, but he has to change. It's There's no if ends, or buts about it. Doc Rivers is stubborn. He's being annoying. I don't like it. He, that's why he's on the hot seat right now because he's enabled the behavior. He's made terrible coaching decisions in the playoffs. He's playing a 10 man rotation in game seven. Like, what are you doing? Oh my God. That's a whole nother tangent. 10 man rotation. Like, what are you doing? Anyway, um, Ben. Okay. The one thing I want to say before we cut it back to you, Jack, he doesn't have that killer instinct. He doesn't have that, that drive to the lane. Like I'm the best. Like he may think that in a press conference, but it, when it comes to the game, he looks scared. He looks scared like a little baby on a court with a bunch of giants, even though he's one of the giants and he's one of the superstars. Like he calls himself again, using that word for the third time. So he does not have that killer instinct. Sometimes he has it once in a blue moon, he'll drop 42 points on Rudy Gobert, which is hilarious. <laughs> he just pulls that out of nowhere. So, um, you know, he doesn't have it consistently. Maybe he has it here and there, like I said, but not consistently. And if he wants to be a superstar, if he wants to be a good player, if the Sixers honestly want to win a championship, he has to have that killer instinct because they're not going to win without him being like that. And he's probably gone anyway. And that's why I really wanted to get into this. Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid kind of threw him under the bus last night in the press conferences. Doc Rivers was asked, is Ben the point guard of the future is he a championship level point guard and docs i'm not sure joel basically said that when ben didn't go for the wide open dunk that he had and passed to timothy steibel and said he said that that's when the momentum changed in the game and all i saw on twitter was people saying that joel and doc rivers shouldn't have done that are you kidding me like something has to change People have to get into Ben's head. They have to stop making all these excuses for him. And they have to tell him, they have to get it in his mind that he is a huge, he's being a huge disappointment and he's not doing what he should be doing. 
And if I'm, if I'm Joel Embiid, if I were Joel Embiid, I would be extremely frustrated with him. And maybe he isn't, he just doesn't enjoy oil. Joel just doesn't show that because he doesn't want to, you know, create this tension in, you know, the national media and things like that. But if I were Joel Embiid, I would be furious at Ben Simmons because I would be like, dude, you are supposed to be my second guy. I'm working my butt off on a, a partially torn meniscus and you are scoring five points in the game seven. Like, come on, dude. Like we were supposed to be like, you and I are the face of this team. And I, I I'm like 90% of our, our scoring of our success this year. It, what are you doing, dude? Why are you just standing out there offensively? You just bring up the ball. You always want to bring up the ball, but then you just pass it to someone and then you just stand there the rest of the possession. Well, I get the ball in the post and somehow, you know, I make a miraculous shot. Like, what are you doing? Just standing there, you know, on the offensive end. And then in terms of Ben's defense, I get it. He's a great defensive player, but there's a lot of great defensive players in the NBA that also have fantastic offensive games. You take a look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, another guy that can't really shoot the ball, but do you know how many points he scored in, in game seven against the Brooklyn Nets? 40, 40 points. And yet he can't really shoot for crap either, but he's still, he has an aggressive mindset and that's why he's a superstar in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard, fantastic defensive player. And he came into the league, not, you know, not known for his offense, but he worked his butt on it. And now he's one of the best players in the NBA. And there's just, there's so many guys, the list goes on and on. I just, there's no more excuses for Ben Simmons anymore. And they need to get in his head and tell him like, if doc is still there and Daryl Morey says he has one more chance, doc has to be like, you know what, Ben, I'm not, I, I'm done with defending you. I'm done. You, you gotta, you gotta improve offensively. Just bottom line. And if I'm Joel Embiid, I would be like, you know what, dude, I'm the, I'm the star of this team and the fans have my back. They don't have yours anymore. They used to, but they don't have your back at all anymore. So I'm giving you one more shot, but if you don't improve next year, then I'm requesting that everyone is traded except for me. And, and I think Daryl Morey would fulfill that request because all the fans want it. All the fans have Joel Embiid's back and, none of them have Ben's back right now. So, but I really don't think any, anything is going to change because Ben clearly just doesn't have that mindset. He doesn't give a crap. He got paid. He got the huge contract. So now he's fine. And he knows, he knows how to trick people into thinking that he's going to change with the, the hand thing, you know, switching hands, shooting wise, shooting threes on the, during the off season and posting it onto social media and in the press conferences, like taking the blame and saying, Oh, I, I've been disappointing instead of actually, you know, improving on the court. You're just, just giving excuse after excuse in the press conferences. No, Ben, we're figuring it out now. It, we're done with your crap. Like, I'm sorry. And, and I honestly, I can't believe I fell for it because I fell for it for like four seasons and I defended my butt off of Ben Simmons, but I am done with him now. And I, I really hope, I really hope I'm wrong and I hope he comes out next year and is completely different, but you know what? I've been hoping that for four seasons. So I just, I, I don't see any way possible that happens. And even if they trade him, I, I think no matter really, no matter what the Sixers get in return, they're going to win the trade, whatever it is if they're able to trade him, because I don't think Ben Simmons is going to be good in any place he goes to really. I don't think he's going to be able to figure it out. He's going to be the same guy that he is. He's just, he's going to be a great defensive player. And that's it. He's going to be a six ten Andre Roberson. And I, I, I just, I'm just disappointed because I just had his back for so long. And now it's just, I can't believe I fell for it. 
Anything else you want to say, Fieldy? Yeah. Um, before we move on, um, I think that you speak for the majority of Sixers fans saying that, we, you know, we had his back. We really did. And, you know, there are the naysayers. There definitely are. And Ben had his doubters from, from even day one, too. But the majority of this fan base stood by him in the national media, which, again, Philly does not get a lot of love in the national media, whether it was the Washington Wizards broadcaster saying that he's overrated, the national media saying that he's overrated for years. We stood by Ben Simmons through thick and thin, like Jack said. And what do we get as a result? We get absolutely dumped on and we look like fools. So it, it's just a, it's a slap in the face. It really is. You look at a player. I want to make this comparison. Now there are two different players, but this is the same team. And I want to just talk about them really quickly because I think it's important. You look at a player like Tobias Harris and Tobias Harris, listen, game seven, he was not good. He shot, I think he was eight for 24. He, he was not great. Very bad, actually. And you compare him to what Ben Simmons did. And now there's two, like I said, there's two, they're two different games, two different players. But Tobias Harris at least has the confidence to shoot the ball. In the beginning of the season, however, he looked lost. He looked like he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't look like he knew how to play basketball. It took him a couple games but he started to get in the rhythm and he looked like a really, he was an all-star as he got snubbed. So, and he overall in the playoffs, obviously not totally consistent, but I think I would give him the benefit of doubt and say he had a good playoffs. And that's saying a lot because again, that's another player who Sixers fans aren't favorable towards. And of course that's because of the contract and listen, the contract's still not good. But I think he's getting there, and I, I really do think that he's on the swing and in his prime right now where I think that he's going to be, be getting better and better for the next two years because I think that this is a window for Tobias Harris. The comparison I'm making is at least he has the mindset and aggressiveness to try and score the basketball because he knows that Joel cannot do it all himself all the time. So you have that option with Tobias. You have him in the late-game situations. And, of course, you know he didn't come through in Game 7 – uh, in the clutch very much, but at least, at least he knows and has the mindset to try and score the basketball. So those are two different players. Both were struggling and there's two different criticisms, but the criticism is much louder for the other Ben Simmons because he doesn't even try. He doesn't even try. So, and you can't tell me that he's making the right play by passing to Miss T. Steibel, who's locked up in that situation when you just throw the, you just dunk the ball or heck put it, make a layup. I don't care what you do. Just score the basketball. I literally screamed at my TV and my parents looked at me like I was a psycho. I mean, it was, it was insane. It was absolutely insanity. And I, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know what you're thinking on that play. I know I went back to that again, but it's the epitome of Ben Simmons in the series and just overall in his tenure in Philadelphia. So that's all I have to say on this guy. I mean, whether he comes back, I don't know. I, I think, you know, if I was a magic eight ball, Jack, I would probably say no, but we'll see. We'll see what Daryl Morey wants to do. I, I do. I, I do think that um, if I heard this correctly, and this is just a speculation from someone that I heard. So I don't know if this is true, but apparently 
He cried when he thought that he was going to be traded for the, when James Harden rumors were going on. I don't know if that's true, but if that is true, then thank God he shows a little bit of motion for God's sakes. I think he does want to play here, but then again, I don't know. I don't know what to think anymore. So I, I, I mean, man, I mean, he's, if he stays, if he's here next year, he's in like a 20,000 foot ditch that he has to dig himself out of. And like I said, this is a crossroads for his career, whether he turns into the superstar that he claims himself to be, or he just folds into, uh, you know, above average, like a great defender can't score. And just like, he'll make a couple all-star teams and, you know, he'll just be there. So, um, yeah, Jack, I'm, that's all I got to say on Ben Simmons. He, I, I extremely doubt that he cried. He might've cried because he asked Kendall Jenner if um, she liked Houston and she said, no, maybe, maybe that's why he cried. I don't think he cried because I think, wait, I think, um, I think Booker's with Kendall Jenner. Yeah, 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 he is. Oh, okay, but okay, cool. He probably asked some celebrity yeah, if she likes Houston, and she probably said no. Um, Fair enough. Fair or enough. maybe, like, maybe like the Call of Duty servers suck in Houston or something like that. That's probably why he cried. But – Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I just – I kind of want to talk about Toby for a second just because yeah. you mentioned him. Sure. I, Toby, did he have a great game? Game seven, no. The man still scored 24 points and led the team in rebounds with 14. He is trying, unlike Ben Simmons. And I just, that's self-explanatory. And the other thing about Toby, I was having this conversation with my brother. He's a good player, but that's all he is. He's not a great player. He's a good player. He's a borderline all-star. He's been a borderline all-star his whole career. He's a good player. And yet, is his contract worthy of him? Probably not, but he's playing the way he should be in this playoffs. And last year he was a huge disappointment, but for what they got, they secured him to be a player like he's playing right now. But the truth of the matter is he's just not enough to help with Joel Embiid. They need more guys to help Joel Embiid score the ball. Um, and that's why I think you, they, you should put much more blame on Ben for this series in the game, especially than Tobias Harris. Yeah, I get it. He shot eight for 23, but at least he was trying and he still scored 24 points. The second most amount of points on the team. It's just Tobias is frustrating in a more usual way because you just, you, you would think he would be a little more efficient and have the ball in his hands at the end of games, but he he's still playing for what I think Tobias Harris is. Ben Simmons is just a, was a huge disappointment this playoffs and has been a disappointment really his whole career on the offensive side. So um, yeah, Tobias is a good player, but is never going to be a great player. So the Sixers need more help for Joel Embiid. And that's what I want to get into now. Um, and we can talk about doc a little bit later, but. In terms of the team next year, Fieldy, I mean, what do you think happens to Ben Simmons? Do they try to trade him? Can they trade anyone for him? There's a few uh, mock trades going out there that are, I I guess, realistic, but I don't even know if some of these teams would do these mocks of them that I've been seeing. What do you think the roster looks like next year? And we can talk about Doc in this too. Do you think he's the head coach next year? 
Oh, I was muted. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I think that it's a, it's a loaded question. It's a heavy question. First of all, I think that, yeah, of course, I think they're going to try and shop Ben if they can. I think that the comments and thoughts and suggestions about getting Damian Lillard are utter nonsense. So everyone thinking that the Sixers can trade for Damian Lillard, I'm sorry, they're not going to get him, even though I think they have the second highest odds to a one Portland Trailblazers, AKA the team he's on right now. But overall, I think that they are definitely going to shop Ben if they can get something good for him. I do think they're going to deal him, but it's just a matter of if they, if they can get what they want. And I don't know if they're going to, I really believe that, especially with how he played. I mean, it's on a national audience. Everyone sees this. This isn't NBCSN Philly with Mark and Allah behind the wings calling the game. You know, you got your Sixers fans watching, but you don't have the national audience. Everyone sees this and it was on full display. So I do think that they're going to try it. Um, Whether or not they are able to get what they want. I I don't think they are. Um, But overall, as the roster looks, I think the one thing that needs to be addressed is bench depth. The depth of the bench this year was not enough. It was too inconsistent. I, I feel at the at one point in the year, everyone's like, oh, our bench is good. But it just was – it was too inconsistent. That, that I, That's the only word I can use because one point they have a player like Shake Milton go off, and then the next night they have like zero points in a half. And you get outscored 32 to nothing. I mean, it's inexcusable. You can't have a bench that is not able to produce. And especially when you have a guy like Doc Rivers, who just loves to throw everyone out there on the floor and you're not producing, it's just, it's not going to, you're not going to win games like that. So I think uh, a necessary addition is improving the depth of the bench. Now that could also mean Matisse Thibel gets a year older. Tyrese Maxey gets a year older. Those are your young guys that you're cultivating in this organization. And I feel so sorry for them that they're on this team, but they're going to grow up. They're going to get a little older. Tyrese Maxey's only what 19. So he's got a long way to go and he's talented. He's great. Uh, He's still got a lot to learn. And even he didn't really have a full season. So because of the COVID stuff in the beginning of the year. And so I think that, you know, he's going to, take his time to mature and he's already mature for his age, but I think he's got a high upside, but you got to improve the bench. Like I was saying, and then it depends who you get. If you, if you're able to trade Ben Simmons, you got to be able to get someone that can play immediately and maybe even picks. So, I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot to ask for, but I think that those are the necessary needs. A lot of people, I've also been hearing this recently, Jimmy Butler, Sweet baby Jesus. Oh my God. That'd be so, oh my God. I can't even fathom that. Um, but he, Hey, talk about a guy with a killer instinct. I mean, he would squash Ben's mental midget mind in a second. So um, that's all I'm saying, but yeah, to be honest, Jack, just to, just to kind of those overall points, uh, bench depth. And if you, if you can get what you get for Ben Simmons and then, then do that, that's my two biggest changes. Do I think doc stays here? Um, yes, I do think Doc Rivers comes back. It's only been one season. Uh, I would say that this season is a failure, even though Doc likes to think that it's probably a success, even though in his press conferences in the first round, he was like, we're not settling for a second round or to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. We're, we won a championship, which is the right thing to say. But then after this game, 
he's like, well, this team got swept in the playoffs last year. And now we, we almost made it to the Eastern conference finals. It's like, it's like, dude, what? Like make up your mind, man. This guy also has some issues. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know what to believe with what he says. So yeah, I think he comes back. I think, I mean, if you, if you, if you give him up, then you gotta be able to get like Rick Carlisle or someone, because I know that name's been floated out there. Everyone's like, oh, Rick Carlisle. Ooh. So, I mean, if you got to be able to get someone good, I mean, heck. I mean, look at two guys that I think are so underrated. Nate McMillan has done a fantastic job taking over for the Hawks. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. And how about Monty Williams, uh, former Sixers assistant coach, uh, gone too soon, let him go um, to be a head coach, and he's done a terrific job with the Suns. I think most of us are now Suns fans to just, I mean, not like overall, but just rooting for the Suns because if you had a really vested interest, might as well go with the, uh, the homegrown Monty Williams. But uh, yeah, I think he stays for another year, Jack. And I think he's on the hot seat. I really do. I don't think that they go and grab another coach yet, but I think that the, the, the clock is starting to tick. It's We're not in the window of like closing where Joel beats out of his prime, nowhere near that. I actually, I think he's getting better. He had a career year. Uh, of course he got hurt, but these guys are in their prime devices in his prime. Uh, if they have Ben Simmons and, you know, like we were saying, he completely turns around his game. He's in his prime getting there. So you have three guys, you know, in there and Seth Curry is going to be back. I don't know what Danny green, I don't know what's going to happen with the greenhouse. That's another point of uh, topic. Uh, he was probably the second most slandered player on the Sixers. Uh, besides Tobias, maybe uh, under Ben Simmons. And then, of course, he got hurt, so he kind of got bailed out. But I actually like Danny Green a lot, and they missed him. I, I do want to say they missed him. Uh, you know, he gets a lot of hate, like I said, but he was a vital part of that offense. Even if he scores five points, it's the it's the familiarity. It's the, the run of the offense. It runs smoother with him. And, listen, Korkmaz, he was – not bad. He wasn't good. He was okay at best. He may come back. I know he wants to come back, but I think this team does look a little different. And if it doesn't, then what are we doing? That's all I have to say. What are we doing if this team looks different or doesn't look different? Excuse me. When it's funny because I thought when the Clippers said that they were firing Doc Rivers and going with Tyron Lue, I was like, what are they doing? Like, that is a terrible decision. Tyron Lou had LeBron James, his entire head coaching career. Who knows if he's a good coach or not? And what do you know? Tyron Lou's first year with the Clippers, they are in the Western Conference Finals for the first time ever. And he didn't even have Kawhi Leonard, and they came back against the Utah Jazz. So, I mean, what do I know, obviously? But, yeah, I mean, Doc Rivers has blown more fourth-quarter leads in the playoffs than any other coach in – playoffs history and i i just i think he comes back too i think i gave him another shot um but if i'm daryl Moore, i'm saying doc you got to fix ben if we have him next year if if, if the sixers don't trade ben daryl Moore is gonna tell doc that he's got to stop giving excuses to simmons and ben's got to step up his game um because i think you take a look at the season as a whole you know the regular season they had the best record in the Eastern Conference, obviously. And, you know, Doc's always been known as a guy who succeeds in the regular season and then can't get it done in the playoffs. Um, but the fact that it's just 
it's sort of because they got to a game seven in the second round, but they, they couldn't finish it off obviously. And it looks like everything was done after the game five collapse. And then they somehow won game six. So I just don't know. I, I don't, th- people are obviously, I think overreacting a little bit to doc rivers right now. I think they should give him another shot, hold on to him because I mean, you bring in another coach, then all the things change. And if, you know, if this coach doesn't fit with some of the guys, then, you know, maybe the team doesn't work out at all next year because a lot of people are forgetting. I think that Joel Embiid was the runner up to MVP this year. So he opened up doc rivers, opened up Embiid's game. Doc rivers opened up Toby's game. A lot of people are forgetting that Tobias Harris was really disappointing last year. And he really improved his game this year under doc rivers. So I think they should give him another shot. I honestly, I don't put a ton of blame on him. Honestly, I really don't. I put a lot more blame on Ben Simmons because he's just not the player that, everyone expected him to be um and yeah i put a lot of blame on the bench i get it yeah does doc run too many guys from the bench in the playoffs yeah i I totally agree with that but it's it's a tough situation because you don't want to overuse and beat and you know you want to give the starters some rest but i definitely agree that he did run them a little bit too much but also i think the bench is overrated Sixers fans I think always overrate our bench like bottom line Shake Millen's not that good of a player I mean he's a second round pick he's just not that talented he has his moments but he's not that good overall Furkan I mean just doesn't do too much Matisse great defensive player but not too much on the offensive side so yeah I think this team roster wise definitely has to change a little bit and it'll be a lot different whether or not they can uh whether or not they trade ben simmons or not of course and we can do that whole nother podcast on that if you know the the trade block and things like that for ben but i mean yeah you take a look at some of these roster moves as well dwight howard that was a great signing but george hill trading for george hill that did not work out and i think it was on paper adding george hill at the deadline is a great move by any team but the fact was he was coming off a severe injury, so he just wasn't the same player. Um, but, I mean, you take a look at what Daryl Morey did over the offseason. He did a fantastic job. So I think this, this offseason he can do a fantastic job again of acquiring more bench guys. And I think Sixers fans just have to get off the mindset that, you know, Tyrus Maxey may be gone next year. Shake Milton might be gone. Even Matisse Thibel might be gone. But the reality of it, if it is, if they improve their bench and they get guys that can play with Joel and Ben and Tobias, then that's going to improve the team because they need to stop relying on these guys that have potential but aren't really there yet. No, they have to get guys that will help their their stars now because this is a stars league. So, I mean, I really think they – all chips are in except for Joel if they can if they have a chance at Damian Lillard and a lot of other guys. There's guys they can deal for. Kemba Walker was just traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't think they want to hold on to him. So if they need to trade Maxi and Thibault and all these guys for some more experienced players and hopefully some all-star players, then they need to do it. Daryl Moore just needs to pull the trigger, and I think he will if he has an opportunity because – he has proven that he is a very aggressive general manager. And I think Sixers fans are just always 
in love with their bench guys like Tyrese and Matisse Thibault. And don't get me wrong. I love those guys, but you need to become unattached from them because this team needs to win now when Joel is in his prime and Tobias is in his prime. And hopefully, you know, if they have Ben, he improves, but they, so all chips are on the table though. But even I think, Obviously, Ben and even Tobias is, should be on the block, I think. If they can get a guy that compliments Joel Embiid and Daryl Morey thinks will improve this team and get them to a championship level because they're not at a championship level right now. Yeah, that's true. They're not, and they, they know it. They know it now. Um, whether it was fool's gold or not, they, they – I mean, the facts are the facts. They got beat by a Hawks team that wanted it more, had more heart than them, also, this is something that we didn't mention. The Hawks beat the Sixers three out of four times on the road. The Hawks came into Wells Fargo Center and won three games. How does that happen? That is disgraceful. That is embarrassing that that was able to happen. So, I mean, they if you can't beat them on your own home court and choke those games away, you don't deserve to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they didn't deserve it. The Sixers didn't deserve it. Even if they would have won last night, they didn't deserve it. They, they wouldn't have deserved it, but, you know, they still would have won and we would have been happy and accepted it. But I think, yeah, <laughs> this team does not have the necessary pieces to win. Again, it's time and time again. We've seen it. We've seen heartbreak. We've seen uh, a triple bounce shot go in. We've seen, you know, a team get swept by – we got we, Sixers get swept by the Celtics, our, one, of, one of our biggest rivals in the bubble, which, you know, never going back to the bubble again, please. Uh, and, you know, you see them lose the Celtics again, the confetti series. So, I mean, it, it's been a, it's been a tough road. Um, obviously I'm very much more thankful of where the Sixers are now than of course in the low years of the process, but the process was, you know, Sam Hinkie died in vain to give the Sixers a chance to win a championship. And that's what he wanted to do. And the Sixers haven't really fulfilled up to, the billing what the process was and i think right now everyone's asking is the process over is the process dead yes the process is over the process is done this is a new era of sixers basketball everyone's got to get that out of their minds of course if the sixers end up winning a championship which i don't want to speak that into existence but let's just say someday down the road they do there will be chance of trust the process so that's just inevitable but the process is done this this period of basketball is over there's a new Sixers team. Everyone's got to get with a program or else jump ship because, you know, this is a different Sixers team and they have to be different. They cannot be the same process guys that are like, oh, trust the pro- – Joel's got to, you know, get rid of the process nickname. It's done. I think just burn it, blow it up, ship, just destroy it because this is a new era and this is a new time for the Sixers. Um, so we'll see what they get in the offseason. I'm really looking forward to it, Jack. But to be honest with you, I'm all Sixered out right now because – We've been, you know, this series has been excruciatingly painful and I am very tired of watching basketball. So I'm going to take about a, uh, you know, six month siesta, uh, even though the season, what is it, June? No, never mind. I got to take a, what, October the season starts, four month siesta. And well, I think it's, it's going to start like during or near Christmas now. Oh, it is? Every year. Yeah. Oh, pretty sure. Okay, then I'm going to take a six-month siesta. And if there are trades and if there's stuff, you know, through the offseason, of course, Jack and I will talk about it. But, 
Yeah, I'm taking a break uh, because uh, this was too much on my mind. I have a splitting headache still a day later, and I don't think my heart will ever recover. I think I almost had a heart attack last night, and um, that's because this that's what this team makes like does to me. So thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And, um, you know, maybe be better. Just try that. Yeah, I mean, one more thing I want to – ask you and we're going over time as usual uh i kind of expected that but i just want to ask you if, if the process was a success and i personally think it's over i personally don't think it was a success because you take a look at the process and the whole point of it was to get high draft picks and they only hit the nail in the coffin with one of those picks in joel and bead and did they, I mean, they, I guess they built a coffin and they, they missed the nail, but it, it sort of hung together in a guy like Ben Simmons. I mean, they, you know, Ben Simmons isn't a bust, but you take a look at every other draft pick in the process era. It didn't work out. So Fieldy, was the process a, a success and you already said it's over, but what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. So I made a little video last night um, saying, I forget what the title was exactly, but the, the, like, the process is over. This, the process is dead. Um, and it was basically me crying in the shower um, and looking at a picture of Ben Simmons and ripping it up because I was so sad and so dejected. And I was editing the video and I came across like some of the best calls of Mark Zumoff and some of them were in the process era and, you know, the classic TJ McConnell fadeaway shot against the Knicks and, you know, Robert Covington hitting a three to go up against the Blazers, stuff like that. Uh, uh, a lob slam by Nick Stauskas. Um, so, I mean, it's been a crazy uh, more than t almost 10 years um, of the process and it is over. It's done. Like I said earlier, but I don't think it's a success. I agree with you, Jack. I think if I were to say it was a success, I'd be a madman because they haven't been able to garner results. You've had, you've been in the second round how many times now and not been able to move past the Eastern conference finals, whether it's father's day or mother's day, whatever year it is, they cannot get past game seven of the second round. And that's why I was so frustrated because I'm like, they cannot push past the, this bubble that's constraining them. And they're being held down by literally a team that was so much inferior to them, but they let them in the series. They had every chance to put them away and they didn't do it. So I think overall the process put the Sixers in a good situation, but the Sixers beat the Sixers and they will continue to beat themselves until they really get guys who have the killer instinct. Joel has it, but not enough guys do. And the coach, really is babying the players and he's trying to protect them. Whereas, you know, maybe Brett Brown did a little more of the same, but I liked what Brett Brown said. Uh, I think it was in his final year. He's like, I want Ben Simmons to shoot once a game or shoot a three, you know, at least it was something. Doc Rivers is like, no, we're not talking about it. It's like, dude. So yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I think it's over. It's done. And it's a failure. Um, I, I'm, I feel bad for Sam Hinkie. He died in vain, even though he's not dead. Of course, he's alive, but he died for our sins. And we literally couldn't win because Sam Hinkie put his throat out there and he got axed. Sixers weren't able to accomplish what, you know, 
than goal, which was win a championship. I mean, obviously the, the point of the process, like you said, Jack, is to get draft picks that will put you in position to win a championship. And they couldn't do that because they beat themselves. And they will continue to do that, I'm convinced, for all eternity until they prove me otherwise. Yeah, I, it's, I was extremely sad when the Sixers season ended last year. And I didn't think I would be sad this year, this time around. But unfortunately, I am. You are. Basically, all of Sixers fandom is, and it just seems like it never ends and it never will. And it's really unfortunate because, yeah, that's just the life of a Sixers fan and really, really life of a Philly sports fan. Um, and now the only team is the Phillies that we have to watch. And let's go. Yeah. Woo! We're saved. We're yeah. saved. Let's go. Yes. I'm so hyped, Jack. I'm so no, obviously I'm not. Uh, I could care less. Um, no, but I, you know we both love the Phillies, but uh, I really do believe Jack that Philadelphia has. And I got to shout out my boy Pete Onegin, who said this, and I think a bunch of people have already said this. Philadelphia has sold its soul for a Super Bowl. When the Eagles won in 2018, it was all downhill from there. Literally everything bad that could happen basically did, and all the teams have promised. The Sixers were on their up. The Eagles were on the, the uprise after winning a Super Bowl. People thought they were going to win another one. The Phillies got Bryce Harper and JT Realmuto and Zach Wheeler the year after. And the Flyers were on the uprise too. What happened? Sixers choke. Phillies stink. Flyers choke. And the Eagles choke. So, yeah, we sold our souls for the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. That's a fact. Um you can debate me on that, but uh, I will until a, a team has the cojones to prove it to us. We literally are in a curse right now. We're in a curse, and I hate it. And I don't want to wake up 25 years later and be like, "Oh, the Phillies haven't been to the playoffs since 2011," <laughs> and the Flyers last time the Flyers made it to the Stanley Cup final was 2010 against the Blackhawks. So I don't want to wake up when I'm you know, 47 and just be like, Oh my God. So, um, but I feel the pain of our, our parents because uh, I know my dad is always like, you know, this is how it always is. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, Oh, well, uh, go Phillies. That's all I have to say. Um, you know, uh, yeah, we're saved. We're basically saved. The Phils are a lock to go 81 and 81. That's all I'm saying. The Alshon drop in, in the playoffs against the saints, the Kawhi shot, all the Ben Simmons issues, the Flyers choking when they're the number one seed, the Sixers choking when they're the number one seed, the Phillies being the Phillies, it can only happen in Philadelphia. For Andrew Field, my name is Shaq McCune. That'll do it for this edition of the Broad Street Bros podcast. On Spotify, we had to vent. that We had to get that out, Field. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy we did that. Until next time, my name is Jack McCune. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>